This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient Faith for Today's World. August 20th, 2023. Ephesians 2, 13-22. One of our neighbors is uh, trying to sell their house. They had a, a fence that had bordered their property that had gotten pretty dilapidated and they decided to take that fence down and put up a new fence. One of the problems was, though, after they had taken the fence down, it would be several weeks before they could get the new fence up. And so, for a time, they had no fence in their whole yard, and there was no fence between their yard and our yard. And that wasn't too much of a problem, except if you live in Payson, you probably know what happened. They had been in our yard before, but now it was like an open invitation. The neighborhood gain came and just moseyed right into the neighbor's yard and right over into our yard, taking over our yard, and it wasn't that big of an issue. I mean, they, they sometimes took over our back porch. They would nibble at our branches and our plants, pose a bit of a threat if our kids would be in the backyard, perhaps. But it was a reminder until that new fence came up how important barriers and fences really can be. Yes, the, the elk were a nuisance, and they sometimes left their calling card, But fences fixed it. What about God and his kingdom? What sort of barriers does does God put up for entrance to have access to his courtyards, to his dwelling? Well, I think a lot of people have their own ideas of what sort of barriers ought to be there or how God ought to manage and regulate the fences and the, the boundaries of his kingdom. Certainly there are many ideas even within Christianity. But today we're going to start a series as we we don't consider what we want for the church or how we picture it should be, but rather the church God wants. And we'll see that today as we look at how God defines and sets his boundaries as we look at God's word, which we read in Ephesians chapter 2. You know, God had set boundaries, certainly. He had set borders which people could not cross. He had done that at the very beginning of time, right? Think about what happened when the rebellion against God began with man and woman and the hostility, the enmity that entered the world. So God shut them out from his presence. He would not let them enter back into paradise and barred the way with an angel. And mankind knew they were separate from God without access to their father. Because of their own rebellion and sin, they rightly deserved to be shut out. And yet God, throughout history, revealed that that he would make a way, that he would restore what was once ruined. And so he spoke to the people of Israel. Paul mentions that here in the book of Ephesians as he talks about some of the things God gave the Israelites. Through the Israelites, they had the word of God. God approached them as a nation. He revealed his word. He invited them to approach his presence. And yet, we see it, right? What, what Paul writes at the start of Ephesians, we were made alive, but God first had to remind us how we got there. The people of Israel had many barriers. Paul talks about here in chapter 2, verse 14 and on, circumcision, 
a covenant sign, reminding the people they had to enter a relationship with God to draw near. And he gave them the sacrifices, more shedding of blood. And he gave them the temple. And he gave them the priesthood. And he gave them so many things that were there to tell them, you need to be careful when you approach God. And who of us could dare to approach his presence? Except God, he drew near and he invited the Israelites to come near and he told them that though they were a people unlike any other nation, no special, he, he made them his own, his chosen. And then we get to what Paul says here in Ephesians 2. What about the rest of the world? What about those people that weren't invited to have the priesthood, the temple, the sacrifices? What about them? Well, the Israelites were given these barriers, given these ceremonies, these regulations, to keep them separate from the unbelievers, to keep them apart from the wicked people of this world and as the people of God. And yet they took those things and made them a source of access to God, that by doing these outward things, somehow they earned their way in, or that they as a people were superior to other nations. Is that what God wants? Is that the church he pictured? We see the disciples, as we read earlier, following with Jesus to a place that might have caused the disciples a little bit of wondering. Why, why is Jesus going outside of Israel to Tyre and Sidon? And as the disciples went with Jesus to Tyre and Sidon, you can imagine what was going through their minds as they thought, maybe, maybe Jesus is leaving this portion of Israel and entering the region of Tyre and Sidon so he can find some of those straying Israelites, some of those lost sheep of Israel that need to be called back. And the disciples showed this as there's a, a Canaanite woman there who's calling out to Jesus for mercy. And finally the disciples even say to Jesus, send her away, Jesus, she's bothering us. That was their picture of God's boundaries, that God would not extend beyond Israel to those people. Certainly, people have struggled with setting their own limits or boundaries on who enters God's kingdom. Can you imagine today the, the people who feel like they're made to be and left on the outside? Or maybe there are people that we think are tempted to think like the disciples belong on the outside. What about that coworker who's who's always giving those obscene jokes and who just bothers you so much, to, just so ungodly? Are they to remain forever outside the kingdom? Or maybe maybe that person who is here in this country illegally, they broke the laws, they came in, they're not documented. Are they so far away from God, so far away from understanding what is right that they could never have a place in God's house. Or maybe it's the person struggling with addiction and homelessness or whatever it might be. The, the person that you see and you wonder, how could they ever have a spot? Surely, they're just too far away. But Paul writes to the Ephesian Christians, reminding those on the outside just how close they now are. He says, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God removed the barriers. 
those who were far away are the, the non-Jewish people that were outside of Israel, those who God had made Israel think never would have a spot because they in their pride became puffed up. But that was their fault, their failing. As we see the prophecies, the word of God, his house would be for all nations. And Paul brings this mystery to light, this revelation. God has brought near those who were far away. And it wasn't done because they did enough things or because they were good enough of a person or they had the right ethnicity or because they had the right background or because they came through the right road to get here. No, he says, God made the two groups one. They were once far away, but they were brought near by God. And it wasn't by anything but the blood of Christ. You know, all the sacrifices that they had offered in the temple worship, all the, the sacrifices that people give today to honor and worship God, don't amount to anything apart from this. What truly brings us near, the blood of Christ, brings us near to God. We once were far away. As Paul says here in, in verse 12, without hope and without God in the world, apart from the covenants that he gave, but God brought us near. And through the work of Christ and by his blood, tore down the barrier. He says here, he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. See, God didn't come to nullify the law, but rather to fulfill the law and to take on himself that curse of the law so it would not rest on us. And by doing this, it says, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. See, our biggest problem in this world isn't our prejudices. It's not the divisions and hostility that exist between people. Our biggest problem is we are apart from God by nature. And God solved that through the blood of Christ. See, Jesus did not so much as just tear down God's law. Rather, he is the way. He is the gate. And he opened the way so that there is no dividing barrier. We have access to God now. Through the sacrifice that he made on the cross, every sinner comes and enters in and is freely able to approach the throne of a glorious God. He himself is our peace. It says here, and in one body to reconcile both to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. If we've been opened up to the kingdom of God, if we've given, been given access before the throne of God, how could we ever imagine someone else too far away? That person who came into the country illegally, how could they be too far away if God's son came down from heaven to tear down the barrier? That person who has those obscene jokes and just seems like they're so far out there and just against everything you stand for, how could they be too far away when God has shed his blood for them? Or the, the person who's struggling with addiction and homelessness, you might say they're, they're not going to be able to find a way in. They're just too far out there. When Christ broke the hostility between himself and them by his blood shed on the cross. And don't get me wrong, God doesn't dismiss sin. Sin divides. You ever see those buildings that have the, the spikes at the top of them that are along the, the edges? Often they'll do that 
on commercial buildings to prevent birds from landing on them. If you ever look at those spikes, you think if, if a bird ever came to the building and, and came full speed and tried to land there, it'd be a pretty ugly sight. They're trying to keep those pigeons or whatever they might be from taking over their building. That's really what God in all right does with his kingdom. He says to every sinner that we are out of his presence and if we dare approach him, we will die and be treated as his enemies because all we can do is mess his holy kingdom. But God has reconciled us to himself, reconciled all nations and made us one. And he says here, he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. Maybe you might argue we were those now who are near Having been given God's word, some of us in early childhood, many of us near to God right now, but the peace is being preached to those who are far away as well. Christ went to that place in Canaan, outside of Israel, to Tyre and Sidon and preached peace. Christ rose after he sacrificed himself and said, preach the good news to all creation. And Christ said, make disciples of all nations, no matter their background, no matter their life, no matter what they've done or where they've been or where they're from, he came and preached peace to those who are near and far. And the beautiful picture is, consequently, you, as Paul writes to the Ephesians as he speaks to you, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. Think about the value you have of your citizenship, as we ought, right? The rights, the freedoms that come with being a citizen of a nation, and the the rights and privileges of being a, a nation like ours, we treasure those privileges. You've been brought to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. You've been brought into a place where you had no right to be documented or enter, but God gave you his passport, his son called you now a citizen of his kingdom. And there's another beautiful picture here. Not just fellow citizens with God's people, but also members of his household. God doesn't just say, you're, you're a citizen in my nation. He says, you are part of my family. When you see someone who's far away and seems to be far away from God's house, God preaches peace to them so they can be brought near, hold the same status as you, the same position as a child of God in the household of God with access to God. He says, through him, through Jesus, we have access to the Father by one spirit. The barrier has been torn down. We are fellow citizens. And it closes here by saying, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ as the cornerstone. He brings us near as the word of God given in the prophets and the apostles is proclaimed, the word which points us to Christ who builds us into his house. And as that word goes out, how could we ever not desire that those who are far away join with us who are near? And it says, as we're joined together, it rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. See, God's not building walls. He's not putting up barriers between us and the rest of this world, just as he removed the barriers between sinners and himself. He wants us not to have any barrier, but rather, it says, to build up his church. You are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. 
You know, now that the, the fence is up in our yard, the, the elk, for the most part, don't make their way in so easily. The barrier helps. But that's not the kind of picture God wants for the church. The church God wants is one which he has fulfilled in his son with the barrier torn down between God and sinner. The gracious, merciful access given to the throne of God. Our sins removed by his blood shed on the cross. And instead of building barriers around that church, to build that church as we proclaim peace. And the church God wants is a church for all people. Amen. Amen.